Welcome to another episode of Urban Knowledge and Politics, where policy meets people. I am your host, Samuel Innocent, and let's get into today's episode. What do you use to invest? Um, so I have a general account with Schwab. I have a, I rolled over my uh, 401k from, you know, <clears throat> from the city job that I had, mm-hmm. better services. And I rolled into an IRA. <clears throat> so I have most of the money um, invested in some, some stocks. Um, AT&T, Procter & Gamble, Uber, Lyft, Canopy Growth Company. Okay. So what went into like the thought process of what, what made you choose like Uber, Lyft and AT&T? Like did you do research or they just a popular stock? No, Uber and Lyft for me is like, I'm, I'm just for certain, like this is a, it's a transformative company and it's not stopping anytime soon. Mm-hmm. They, the whole thing of them being non-profitable, I think that's a short term issue. Mm-hmm. But, um, it, it, it's a service that, that can't be undone basically at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just say Uber and Lyft go bankrupt, that void needs to be filled. People are just not going to ever just go back to like regular taxes. Yeah. Then, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or yeah. having to call up a TLC company. Those that that's gone. That's history. It's over. This is the new world and Uber already has a large market share in the whole world and Lyft has, you know, a great market share here in America. So it's just it's speculation, but um I'm willing to bet on it. Okay. Um, right so, now, right now, I'm like down a lot, but um, my safe bets are keeping me even. So and then my safe bets pay dividends, so the dividends are you know slowly but surely you know inching me up to um to be in the game as opposed to just being in the negative. So, so it's all good. And then I have like a couple. I think I have like twenty five hundred dollars that I'm holding out like in cash. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for Airbnb to go public. I want to put two thousand to Airbnb. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about like why it's important to like balance a portfolio. Why like high risk investments are important is are just as important as like your low risk, the things that are earning you money over time. Mm-hmm. So essentially, right? Like when you when you mention speculation, that's like you know it's almost guessing what's going to be hot, what's yeah. going to be the next big thing, right? That's what speculation essentially is. It's guessing how the market is going to react to something. Um, and the mm-hmm. reason we speculate on those, if I'm if I'm hearing you correctly, the reason we we speculate on like technologies and things that are changing in the industry is because we know over time that they're, they're, they're going to make a lot of money. Like you said, even if it's not profitable right now, in the long run, it will earn you money. Yeah. Right? So you got me looking at my RRA. Uh, we shot up like four percent today. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, beyond me, goddamn, beyond me, shut up. That's the other one I have it in Beyond Me. So Beyond Me and overall, I'm up by wait one second. I'm up by sixteen percent on that one. Okay, okay. That's so. What's Beyond Me? It's um plant based uh, uh meats. Got it. Got it. Okay. They make like you know like veggie uh, burgers and all that and sausages and. Uh, it's just pretty popular. I've tried them; they're tasty, and yeah, that's basically it. Got it. So, like another trendy type deal. 
it, it, I think it's halfway speculation, but at the, at the other day, there really isn't um, any other, like, food stocks. Like, it's just not out there. I mean, like, you could think of it like maybe Whole Foods, but then they got bought up by Amazon. So, you know, I can't afford Amazon stock, right? Right, right. Um, but what else can you buy that's food-related that's not restaurant-related? You're right. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so now... Yeah, that, that, that's a company that already has a huge share like they own that market by itself alone got so it they're already like positioned to to own it moving forward especially going public and being successful and you know they they don't have a problem with profit they're good okay so yeah. and that does make sense and, um, right now my highest earner is actually at t because of the dividends got <clears> it. so the at t the, the i think the price only went up by like nine dollars, uh-huh. um, but the amount of dividends I think I got. So just last year, I made uh, seventy six dollars in um, income. So like dividends, basically. So explain dividends for me, real quick, for the people listening. What do you mean? Ex- ex- like explain dividend. What is that? Like what does that mean? Um. <clears throat> So dividends is basically the company sharing a piece of their profit with you. Um, Got it. it. Comes so out every quarter, there's four quarters within a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know what it's based off. <laughs> so check real quick. I think Anyone dividends. Say. If I have to speculate, right, and just this is just from my experience in finance, right. Um, a dividend is essentially when the company turns a large profit. For instance, uh. What's a big, big ordeal that happened recently? Um, there was a merger of Sprint and T-Mobile. Is it? Mm-hmm. Right. So that now, right, right, right. But let's say it did. Right. Let's say Sprint T-Mobile merger. Now you take both of their profits, and now let's say they're making a lot of money because they own two very large companies that came together, that put their research and development departments together, that put all their resources together. So now let's say they they earn a lot of money. Right. All of that profit goes back into the company and because you are essentially owning stock in the company means you own a part of the company the dividend mm-hmm. is part the, the part of that profit is the dividend that goes back to the shareholders yeah right right okay so now in when we're talking about speculation let's talk about like essentially how rich people get rich in the stock market right so watching the news and being on top of like trends and what's happening and how it affects world markets. It's huge. Absolutely huge. Yeah, right? It really is. Like tonight is a perfect example. Honestly. I mean, the fact that, you know, if you're a veteran right now and you know, like just a couple of days ago when they killed that general, if you're a veteran right now and you're into stocks right now, the first thing you would do is go look at, you know, the big, you know, military contract. Lockheed Martin. Yep. Lockheed Martin, Raytheon. KBR, yep. are pretty high, but, you know, they're going to, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to guess. I haven't looked at it, but if I look at them, you know, they've shot up. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Raytheon does pay a dividend also. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, they would, that would be a good investment, right? Might be a, a clash of consciousness, but... but- if we're talking, I mean, you, know, you have to take sort of a, doesn't have exactly. You have to take the emotions and the feelings out of it when it comes to like investing, right? Because again, like you said, if you had to speculate on the future, and you know we're having problems with Iran, and that first attack happened, right? 
And you're mm-hmm. what, when you invest in companies like Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, Boeing, um, Northrop Grumman, you know, KBR, Halliburton, yeah. right? All these companies that essentially fuel the military they they provide weapons for the military they do the clothing for the military you know and so on and so forth uh the technologies that the military uses when you say hey i'm gonna buy stocks in these companies right now after this attack because i know iran's gonna retaliate and then that's gonna drag us into some sort of conflict even if we don't know how long it's for the military is going to have to ramp up and do these things. And these companies are going to earn money off of that. Right. Because a government, a military I mean, we, government we, we contract, have, we haven't needed the air force as much as we need them at this moment. Since what, since world war two. Right. I, I mean, well, technically to be fair, we've always sort of need the air force. They, they taxi army folks around, you know, like they drop us off and stuff. So it's like the whole idea when you, when you brought up like dog fights, things like that, like that's not something we've seen. Right. We didn't see that in Vietnam. Like, we haven't seen that at all. Right. So I think a part of like investing is, is like researching into the things and the companies that that are going to fuel or, or provide support for whatever's going on next and yeah. then getting behind that. So like, for instance, if there were a firefighting company or a technology a technology based company that came out with a technology on how to fight fires, I would invest that in that right now. Why? Not only because of California, but because of Australia. You know what I mean? Those two mm-hmm. government entities are going to look for effective ways to fire fire, and they may invest in like the latest technology. They may buy a company solely to, for that purpose, right? Is to, hey, let's buy your technology, give you million-dollar contracts so we can go ahead and help fight these fires, right? And then essentially that stock you just purchased went up tremendously, like you mentioned, I think Lockheed Martin shot up like 40-something percent overnight after uh, the attack. And after this, after tonight, you know, with the uh, attack on military housing in uh, bases in so Iraq. I'm, I'm, reading, I'm reading the news right now, like, <clears throat> on the Uber. So this came out in the morning. Mm-hmm. So Uber and, and Hyundai have, uh, have uh, they partnered to get developed flying taxis. You know, Honda is not a small company. Right, right. <laughs> a large, you know, a manufacturer of vehicles. So now... So when you have, like, large, like, other companies, like, you know, going full force, like, Canopy Growth Company, like, I have some money invested in them. That's the, you know, they grow marijuana in Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I saw, I, I don't know how to pronounce it right, but it's called Castilian Brands. It's... Castilian Brands is the company that owns, basically, it's the umbrella for all the, the major, like, alcohol brands, like Bacardi, um, you know, Patron, so on and so forth. Like, they own all those brands. Okay. And they, you know, bought, they bought hundreds of millions worth of, you know, like, they invested hundreds of millions in Canopy Growth to own a piece of that company because they want a piece of that pie. So, of a huge company that wants to spend that much money and invest in it. Like, I think that's a good sign, you know? Right. And I agree with you. It gives me confidence. But see, like, you you see all that research that you put into it? Like, that's what's needed in order to be somewhat semi-successful when it comes to investing in stocks, in things that are, like, that that are based on what's trending and what's going on right now. Now, the other version of that is you can have a managed account, right, which usually costs a little bit more money, but... 
you don't have, you yeah, no longer have to worry that thing. <laughs> right. You no longer have to worry about it, but you're putting it in somebody you know, else's I'm hands. A, I'm a big, you know, I hark a lot about the fact that we live in an era that's never been seen in human history. Like you have the ability to, you know, gain the entire database of knowledge of human history at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. You don't need somebody else to tell you, you know, to look up the news for you, honestly. And you don't need to be, you know, a financial expert. You don't need to know, you know, you know, what a bear or a bull market is and all these other fancy. You don't need to know what the volume means. You know, things things of that nature. Like it's really irrelevant. If you know how people behave and what people need, then you know how to invest. Like when I picked Procter and Gamble for for example, again, that's mm-hmm. one of my other largest earners. I picked them because the fact is, you know, I was thinking about stocks one day and I'm brushing my teeth and I realized my toothbrush, my toothpaste, my mouthwash um, um, the bathroom toilet paper, like all, all owned by the same company. company. Yeah, all came from Procter and Gamble. Yeah, and no matter how far we travel into the future, these are essential items that we're always going to need. And there really is no more point of evolving for bathroom toilet paper mm-hmm. or for the toothbrush. Like you can see fancy commercials of like you know minimalistic looking toothbrush, and they can try to sell stuff, but like. That's it. We you've reached the pinnacle of like what that design is going to look like, and you have this company who's been doing this for you know half a century. Like mm-hmm. that's it. They own that market, right? And they own it without you knowing it. You right. don't even know it. You know, so, so you now, don't even realize that you're buying all your products from this one company. There's an argument to be made there, right? Um, and I think it that's uh, it shows in our different styles of investing, right? You you invest in very large very established companies that you know are going to earn money right um i tend to invest in like smaller upcoming and things that depend on local markets right so one of the stocks that i bought was uh chesapeake power and delivery right they oh my god right they're (laughs) they're doing horribly absolutely horribly Um, right but there are talks Dude, of. I have a golden rule, bro. Like I have a golden rule. I don't invest in anything that I don't understand. Like I don't understand, you know, the oil <clears throat> business. I don't understand fracking, that whole, all that. Like I don't. It's I'm not into you know geology, like. Mm-hmm. But like, but so like I, said, I do know you know what you know I do know what toothbrush and what toothpaste I like to use. So that's where like we're different, right? I feel that if you understand it. A majority of people are going to understand it. A majority of people have their money in it. It's not going to earn me a lot of money in the short term, right? Um, it, but if you, but yeah, but like in in today's era, like you mentioned, right, with access to the internet and Google and technology, if you do a little bit of research into it, people would see that hey, um, Chesapeake fired two of its top executives uh, last year is on the search for so they're going to restructure right and there's a talk of a possible merger with a smaller energy company for that area right if those two things go through people gain faith they're gonna buy the buy a lot more of the stock my stock price will go up I'll probably sell it when it's high at that point and then invest into something else smaller right so it's a lot it's a lot more work um, when you do it in smaller companies, because you really have to super have to watch your money. It's not like AT and T. AT and T is going to make money. Period. Over time, no matter what right, they do, right, right. you know. Um, so, with these, you know, I guess I guess you're right. It's, it's, it's very clear. You know, two different uh, styles of investing. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I'm not a mover. I, I'm not a believer. In, you know, you know, watching. You know, the the stock tick up and tick up, and then selling when I think. You know, you know, 
the iron is hot. Like, I, no, I'm going to keep this until I retire. Yep. I mean, for all intents and purposes, I mean, this is my IRA. It's the only investment I'm doing at the, at the moment right now. Um, so this money is important to me because mm-hmm. I need it to grow and I'm young and <clears throat> I like, you know, the idea of being secure when I retire. Well, I mean, you're not. I have my VA disability. I have my social security. You're not that young. You're not that young. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree. So like I have, this is my first account that I'm managing on my own. I have a managed account, which very much resembles what you have, right? It's managed account that are, that are safe funds, things that are going to earn money over time, whether we're going to a recession or not, I'm not going to sell. I'm going to keep everything and then just let it build over time. That way I can feel safe in my retirement versus like, putting something in a savings account, right? And not having it earn anywhere near as much money in that same amount of time, right? In the 30 years before I retire, right? That's the benefits of sort of investing and making your money work for you. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and then there's also argument, you know, for having a nice chunk in your savings account, you know, cash is king. Um, You know, if you were a person, you know, that was very frugal and save, you know, every penny and every dollar. And you had a nice, you know, substantial savings account. You're somebody who could have made a killing, you know, during the recession. Oh yeah. 100%. Like I'll never tell people to not have a savings account. You know, somebody like me, let's just say if I was in my late Mm twenties, um, right before, you know, the recession hit and following the, following the, um, strategy that I have right now at that given time during the recession, you know, all my money, which I have in stocks, will just be, it will all be down. Right. And it's okay because my style is, you know, to hold on anyway. Right. My plan is to just hold on regardless of what's going on. As long as I feel it's a company that I trust and that I believe in, I'm a-okay with whatever the stock is swinging, right? Um, but in that given moment during the recession, I wouldn't have the money necessary, right, to, like, you know, put a down payment on a nice investment property. Mm-hmm. Right. But the, the other guy who, you know, doesn't trust the stock market and you know it's all about saving everything like they would have been safe yeah they would have been safe during that time yep yep and i agree completely so i always tell people like definitely have your you know your six months or your three months whatever you know it takes for you to pay bills for a certain period of time just in case like you know rainy day funds um Mm -hmm. but anything i don't have yeah but anything more than that i think you like people really need to like once you have that don't save another six months of like rainy day funds no make that money into investments um and if it, things ever get really dire and you have to take it you'll just take the penalty hit on that you know but what's a penalty hit versus pretty huge man it's, hmm? it's really no joke man that penalty is no joke no it, it's not but because again like if you're people you know at the end of the day you look at it like this right let's mm-hmm. say you're a single person and you're already paying 25% of your income. Mm-hmm. If you're going to take out while you're still young and still working, like let's say I have a job and I'm making $70,000 a year, mm-hmm. right? And I take out 20 or let's say I take out $40,000 from, you know, my 401k because I want to put a down payment on my house. I'm, I may think I'm paying 25% on that chunk, but I'm not because you're not paying um, the taxes on that immediately. You're paying it when you know when taxes are due, mm-hmm. and your taxes are going to include all the money you earned in that year. Mm-hmm. So it's seventy plus forty. So I'm going to be taxed at a rate of somebody who was earning you know over six figures. Yep, yep. So you have to, and then that on top of the penalty, like 
Yeah, it's wild. And th- that depends on what type of IRA you have and how you have things set up. But right. again, but at my job, at my job, I have a split. I have a pre-tax roll. I have, I have 17% going to a pre-tax uh, 401k mm-hmm. and then I have 6% going to a Roth 401k for that, for that exact same reason. I figure in 10 years with a Roth 401k, I could use that for a down payment if I ever want to get like a condo, something that's not like VA approved. Like I can't use the VA down payment, uh, guaranteed loan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because that became a big headache when I was in New York and I was trying to do that. Like that became such a frustration and every single time, I, I when I was looking at buying something, it's like if I just had the money now, this wouldn't be an issue. Like yeah. I could just make a down payment. Like it would have saved me a lot of headaches. Yeah. So you know, invest and save slowly but surely. I think like right now, my Roth I have like a little bit over a thousand, and that's after a year. So yeah, you know, yeah, it's not much to you know talk about, but it's it's something. And, it, and you can again, get more aggressive with it. Because, yeah, it's a great option because you know. If I ever need to take off of it, I don't have to pay a penalty. I, no, I think you do pay a penalty, but I don't have to pay uh, taxes on it. Exactly. Yep. 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 You're correct in saying that. But yeah, it's 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 one of those things where, like, for instance, if I like, I would take the penalty right now if I found the perfect house. I'm moving out of my rent, which I'm paying, you know, what eighteen hundred dollars a month for a two bedroom in a in a shitty neighborhood. I'm sorry, my neighborhood is not shitty. It's a great neighborhood, but. It's not the Upper East Side. Like, I don't have every amenity that I want, you know? If I found a house that was perfect and I said, oh, I need to take 40000 uh from my retirement account in order to put a deposit on this, you know, I would do it in a heartbeat because the way I'm looking yeah, at it now. If you take 40000 40, out of it, I mean, you only really have, like, 25000 And then that might not be enough of what you need. No, but, it, you know, if you do the math and like you say, you hey. Need, if you need forty, you're going to have to take more out. Right. But if you do the math, let's say I only need 30. Right. And in order to do that with penalty, I have to take out, let's say, 55. Right. And I take that out over time. What you save in, you know, your rent differential and like you're now you now have a property. Right. Versus I like I even though I know how important renting is, I think it's one of the biggest subtractors of wealth from urban communities. Right. Because we pay rent all our lives and at the end of 30, 40, 50 year generations of living in one place, you essentially still don't have anything to your name, right? Versus like if you did that same thing in a condo or in a house, if things got dire, like medical bills or medical expenses, you could always sell that house and that money, that cash money is yours. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like that's why like I think it would be worth taking the penalty if it were for for an investment like that now if you take a penalty and you go out and buy a seven series bmw you're an idiot i'm not i'm not knocking on anybody who owns a seven series i'm never gonna let that one go but you know i mean you're a smart man with your money so i know you'll do well otherwise but and and i'm not coming for anybody listening who has a seven series they're a great car you know i they're very stylish i would want one myself but i know that financially it just doesn't make sense for me (laughs) 